Good. Thank you very much, you know, for the worship and the testimonies that we heard also about Rabbi Africa. Um, and it all stems out of love for God. And if you know that this year, we had, God had given us this scripture that is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Where it says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, that all that you do be done with love. So if you remember, I preached on watch. Then preached on stand fast in the faith. And last Sunday, Paul preached on be brave, be strong. And today I will be speaking on that all that you do be done with love. Now, this is something that Paul had written to the Corinthians church so that they will progress in the Lord. I believe that God has a plan, God has a purpose in each one of your lives. And as we live this life, we progress more closer and closer to the purpose and the plan of God. You know, so I would like to just show you a video and this video is about a man who wants to be a pilot. Now, before I show this video, you know, as I said, we all, God desires that we progress, but there are times we take wrong paths. We get drifting away from the purpose and the thought that God has for us or where we need to be. So this video, it shows about a man who wants to be a pilot. Let's watch it. People come from far and wide to work at the airport. Tommy is obsessed with planes, and it's always been his dream to work in the aviation industry. I really, really, really want to be a pilot, but I find out that you have to have passed lots of exam ex tests to be one. So what I've decided to do instead is to get myself a job at the airport and then work my way up to being a pilot. Uh, cheeseburger. That's cheeseburger. Large chocolate milkshake. Press large chocolate milkshake. Chicken nuggets. Press chicken nuggets. Two apple pies. Press apple pie. Again. I find it quite complicated, but now that I've served my first customer, I think I'm definitely on my way to becoming a pilot. Now ask, would you like fries with that? Would you like fries with that? Yeah, not me, him. So next time you're on a plane, listen out, because you might just hear a voice saying, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board. This is Captain Tommy speaking. Would you like fries with that? This is something to make you laugh. <laughs> um, but this man, he wanted to be pilot, he chose the wrong path. And something that in life that God has a purpose man, and we want to be there. But there are times when we choose the wrong path. 
And as I said, as we walk this line, being closer to the purpose and plan of God, to the will of God, many times we have allowed our emotions and moves to dominate our lives rather than looking at We have allowed doubts and fear to rule our lives rather than looking faith with God. We have chosen the wrong paths to see the fulfillment of God's promise, plan, and purpose in our lives. I don't know where you are at your walking in regards to your walk with the Lord. Have you allowed your emotions, your moments, your fears and Dance to dominate your life that you're missing that purpose and plan of God in your life. You know, I spoke about standing fast in the faith last time when I spoke. And I spoke how the devil he would like to, you know, deceive us. He would like to discourage us. He divides us. And then he distracts us. And the best way to confront that, to overcome that, is to discern, disarm, and defeat. Why? Because God has delivered, God has defined, God has destined. And Christian life is exciting. If you think it's boring, you're wrong. And that's why I always say that Christianity is not about religion, but it's about the relationship with God. And when you know that, when you have that relationship with God, it is exciting because God is interested in you. If you think God is not interested in you, you're wrong. God is interested in you. And the last thing about that scripture which I shared to you. Let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. Now, when the Bible speaks about love, there are different kinds of love. In English, we just read that one word, love. But when you read the Greek language, the original language of the New Testament was written, there are different things or meanings to the love, to love. The first one is eros, which means sensual or romantic love. Love in the form of eros seeks its own interest and satisfaction to possess the object of love. You know, God is very clear in the Bible that eros love is reserved for marriage. Then there is a second kind of love that is storging, which is a family love. The Greek word describes family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children, and brothers and sisters. The third one is filial, or some call it filial. The Greek term describes the powerful emotional bond seen in deep friendships, and actually, an interesting compound word using storge and filios 
you know, it's called Phineas Torgos. It's found in Romans 12, 1, where it commands between, like believers to be devoted to one another with brotherly affection or love. So it is like in church, there's two words, storge and philia, that is philia strongest, is mentioned over there, that we have that affection for one another, but it is like a family bonding together. Though we are from different backgrounds, different maybe culture, different places that we have been. God has brought us here. When we are together in the church, we are like family loving one another. But the final and fourth one is agape love, that is the unconditional sacrificial love. It is the highest of four types of love in the Bible. This term defines God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. It is the divine love that comes from God. Agape love is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. Jesus Christ demonstrated this kind of divine, divine love to his Father and all humanity in the way he lived and died. And that's why, you know, John 3.16 says, For God so agape, that is, loved us, sacrificial love, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have lasting life. Now, when we come back to this scripture, in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, it says, let all that you do be done with love. That word love is agape. It is unconditional love, sacrificial love. So talking about love, three things, three areas we see. The first is love God, love fellow believers, and then love unbelievers. And this is what God demands of us. This is what God desires of us, that we would love God, love fellow believers, love unbelievers. And when I say this word love, it is that love, sacrificial, unconditional love. Let's take about loving God. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's what it says. How do I need to love the Lord? When my mood is good? When everything is going fine? When my bank balance is good? When I'm nice and healthy? No. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Joshua 23, 11, the Lord said to Joshua, therefore take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Take careful heed. Be careful in how you live your life. Be careful in how you lead to me. 
There are times when challenges come. There are times when problem comes in life. There are times when we go through those up and downs in life. And that's the time we need to ask this question. Do I love the Lord in every situation of our life? You know, in John chapter 14, verse 23 to 24, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So if you love God, he will keep his word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make a home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who said. You see here, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. There's another scripture where Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. And that's what God desires of us. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he's, he keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. What does it say? When we love God, God will love us. And also, of course, God's love is unconditional for us. But then he says, will manifest myself to him. Do you understand what it means when God manifests himself to us? When God manifests to us, there is power. There is deliverance. There is miracles. There are breakthroughs that happens. Amen. God says, I will manifest myself. You know, there are two things that we know that God is present. He's present everywhere. That is the presence of God. But then there is time when God manifests himself with his presence. When he moves amongst us, you know, there are times when we worship God, when we pray, you can sense and feel God's presence. And when God's presence manifests, as I said, miracles happen. Things happen, you know, and God changes us and transforms us. Then talking about loving God. You know, Silas quoted that scripture earlier. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for God. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now, many times we just quote that bit that which says that God works out together for good. But to whom? Scripture says, for those who love God, to those who love God, all things work out for good. All things work out for good. You know, I probably had shared this uh, testimony before about my own life, coming from him, like from, when it was from persecution, when there was a time when 
my mother had, you know, challenged me. And she said, I'll give you 24 hours. And if you don't stop following Jesus, I'm going to drink poison. She bought a bottle of poison, that poison from the shop. She said she'll kill herself and she'll blame me for that. You know, because I came from a Hindu background, very orthodox family. Now it was not easy for me. Already a lot of pressure was there from family, friends, and all that. And that night I was just crying before God and he said, Lord, what shall I do? I don't know what to do. If I say that I'll follow, continue to follow you, she's going to kill herself. She'll die. Her mother. And Lord spoke to me that night. After he spoke to me that night, he said, do you love me? I said, yes, Lord. Then he reminded me of that scripture. For my sake, you shall leave your father, brothers, sisters. Are you willing to do that? It was challenging. It was not easy. When next day that time came, my mother was there, brothers were there, and some neighbors were there. And she had this poison bottle, poison in her hand. And she said, what have you decided? And I said, Mother, I just want to say this, that I love you. But I love God even more. And I choose to follow Jesus. I can't compromise with that. She got very upset and angry. She put in the water, tried to drink, and my brothers even stopped her. And there was a human cry in front of her. But praise God, she didn't drink the poison ultimately. And later on, I was thrown out of the house and community. And I thought, I don't know what's my future. I have two pairs of clothes going out. I don't know what's my destiny. My community, my family has rejected me. But I'm telling you, God is good. And I look back now, God has been good. He provided my need. He gave me a bigger family, Church of God. But not only that, my mother, who was so anti, she was against, before dying, you know, before she could die, she was in the dead bed. I don't know who's Okay. So before she uh, died, she said to me, You know, Sanjay, I'm praying to Jesus. I'm praying to Jesus. You know, in the Western world, it's easy for us to follow Christ. You know, you don't have the persecution like in Asian countries or African countries, you know, some of the other countries in Middle East. You know, one of my friends, a very good friend, he's a pastor. Again, he comes from a Hindu background. He was stripped of his clothes and he was paraded in a market just because he was following Jesus. And for a few days he was sleeping in the bus stop because he was rejected by his family. There are many, many such stories I can tell you of people who decided to love God no matter what. 
In this Western world, we have everything easy. We have NHS, we have everything that you know is provided. We are blessed. But what about the small things of life? What about commitment towards the Lord? What about that commitment to serve Him? God desires of us that we will love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. The first century believers, they gave their life for Jesus because they loved him. You know, Jesus said to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, he appreciates them. He says, everything is good, but one thing I hold against you, you have lost your first time. I don't know this morning how many of you, when you accepted Christ, you were joyful, you had the joy of the Lord, you loved God, you served God, and you did with excitement. And as days and months and years went by, your love for God has gone with beautiful. God desires that we will renew our first love for The second one is, Love fellow believers. First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever love, loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Because God is love. Amen. I'll quickly go through the other scripture. First John 4:16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love, what does it say? Whoever abides in love, abides in love. And Romans 5, 5 says, for God has poured out his love in our hearts. So when we abide in that love, God abides in us. And 1 John 4, 19 says, We love because he first loved us. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Love covers all offenses. If you are offended in your life by someone, let us learn to love. Don't give any place for strife, hurt, offense, because that is the block between your, your relationship between God and you. Let us not allow that to happen, but love covers all offenses. Colossians 3.14 says, and above all this on love, which binds everything together in perfect Amen. What a wonderful place it will be when the church, you know, we bind together everything with love. You know, I overcome, I, you know, don't hold against my brother or sister when they say something or do something against me, but I love them. That will hold us in perfect harmony. And the last one is 
love unbelievers. When Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. But when he saw the multitudes, he saw he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. You know, there is a world outside in Stanmore, Winchester and surrounding places. We don't know what's going on in those houses. How many people are struggling? How many people even are contemplating or finishing their lives? How many people are there that they don't have any hope in life? And God has given us that responsibility to show our love by sharing the gospel to them. To go and reach out to them. And that's what Jesus did. You know, when he saw the great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Again, it says he moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. This one says, Mark 8, 2, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. So here this crowd who had eaten nothing and Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion on them. You know, I every day I pray, Lord, give me divine appointments to reach out to people. There are times when you will come across people who are hungry, who have some need. Let's go and help them. Let's show love to them. You never know how God will touch them. And I have come across in my life so many such opportunities. You know, just recently, standing in the till, in the shop, I was, in, you know, my like stuffs were there and I was about to pay. And there was this another lady in front of me and she had trolley full of stuff and looked like she had small children, so there were a lot of baby food and all that. And she was short of 27 pounds. She didn't have, you know, she looked around and, you know, so, sorry, I don't have, and she started picking back. And I feel like I'm putting it in my heart and saying to her, you know, I just want to say, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. And she said, no, no, you don't have to do this. I said, no, I'll pay for it. And I paid for that, you know, 27 pounds. And she was so touched. She said, you know, how can I repay this back? I said to her, it is not me. It is Jesus who asked me to do this. If you want to repay Thank Jesus. And if you want to know him, go to a nearest church near you. Because this is Jesus. And many such opportunities God gives us in life to help him to show that love to others. 
last thing, would like to share this story to you. You see in this picture, can you see? Do you recognize this picture? Not me. The one which is in the background, Colossians. Three years back, I had the opportunity to go to Rome and with my family. And there is a powerful history behind this Colossians journey, about this Colossians. And we'd like to share the story about this man called Telemachus. He was born at a time when Romans were ruling in different parts of the world, and Gladiator Day was very popular at that time. So Telemachus was a monk, Christian monk who loved the Lord. He happened to visit Rome. And he heard a lot about this gladiator king, so he wanted to see what it is. And there was one going on. This event was going on in this place. He went and sat with the crowd. And as he sat with the crowd, he was watching this gruesome game where they were killing each other. And he couldn't take it anymore. Filled with that compassion and love, he stood up. And he said, please, in the name of God, stop this game. So crowded on him and said, Shh, sit down, sit down. And again, he shouted, please, in the name of God, stop this game. Then Telemachus, he ran to the arena. While these two gladiators charging against each other were about to kill each other. And he stood there and he said, please, in the name of God, stop this game. And people were getting angry and irritated by him because he was spoiling their fun. And everyone in the crowd were putting their thumbs down. You know what does that mean? Kill him. Kill him. And everyone were putting their thumbs down and shouting. So one of the gladiators took his spear and thrust it in his chest. And Telemachus, bleeding, he fell to the ground. And before dying, he said, Please, in the name of God, And when he died, there was a pin drop silence in that Colosseum. One person got up, left that place. Second person got up, left that place. One by one, the whole Colosseum was empty. And it is in the history, from that time onwards, Gladiator game was never. Because of this one man who passionately loved the people, who was even willing to give his life sacrifice his life for himself, that people will stop playing language, killing each other. I'm not saying that you do the same thing. But what I'm saying is, do you love God enough? That you're willing to sacrifice those small things in life 
when it comes to committing ourselves to God, to love Him, serve Him in whatever ways we can. I believe we are living in the last days. And the people outside need us. We can be so engrossed in our own day-to-day life, own problems, own issues. And that becomes a distraction. But God has called us people of God, the New Life Church here and the churches around us for such a time as this, that we become the salt and light of the world. That we would love him and show forth our love to others. You know, this scripture which we read earlier, love suffers long and is kind, love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Now again, this love is does not behave rudely, does not think it so, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, what I want to do is this. Instead of wherever the love is mentioned in the scripture, I want you to say your name. Can you read the scriptures and wherever you see that, you say your name. For example, Andy suffers long and is kind. Andy does not envy. And he does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Just like that. Can we do that? Yeah? Read out loud. Wherever there is dash, put your name. So let's do that together. Sanjay suffers long and is kind. Sanjay does not envy. Sanjay does not parade itself and is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek my own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Sanjay does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Sanjay bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen? Practice this when you go home. I'm telling you, it's powerful. You know, there are things that God will convict if there is an issue of all. And God will help you and pick you up. Hallelujah. So what we learned is love God, to love fellow believers, and love unbelievers. And just to close, let all that you do be done with you. All that you do, done with love.